Tonight on Red Barn Radio, we have Erin Enderlin. In everything she does, Enderlin sings like the heir to Patsy or Tammy, then writes like Eudora Welty decided to pick up country music. The catchy twists in her songs and her classic voice have opened lots of opportunities for Erin. She's been featured in the CMA Songwriter Series and received rave reviews from Rolling Stone for her 2019 release, Faulkner County. Caroline Radcliffe, just 15, way too young to know what love means. July heat, muscadine wine, and the words it said made her cross a line. On a homemade quilt in the pale moonlight, he swore he'd love her till the day he died. Secret is the tie that binds Caroline You laid beneath the Georgia pines True love is the forever kind See the blood soaking up his jeans Smelled like smoke and gasoline Five bullets left in a six-shooter gun She said, Daddy, what have you done?
Thanks to WEKU, Red Barn Radio's official radio partner, NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. Listen online at WEKU.org. Red Barn Radio is presented with the financial support of LexArts, Lexington, Kentucky's premier cultural development, advocacy, and fundraising organization. LexArts, working for the development of a strong and vibrant arts community as a means of enhancing the quality of life in Central Kentucky. And by Visit Lex, Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. Planning to visit Lexington or just looking for more information? Visit Lex is on the web at visitlex.com. Erin Enderlin has emerged as a literary songwriter and superb vocal stylist with a knack for sharply drawn characters. Backsliders, Avengers, Lovers, and Victims, they're all in her acclaimed albums, such as uh, 2017's Whiskeytown Crier and 2019's Faulkner County. Her catalog includes Alan Jackson's Monday Morning Church, Leanne Womack's Last Call, Luke Bryan's You Don't Know Jack, and a host of other songs for Randy Travis, Joey and Rory. Is that enough for you? Tonight, Aaron is here on Red Barn performing with Taylor Jones on drums and Jake Clayton on fiddle. Please come to Boston, was playing on the radio. He asked me to go, I thought, what the hell? It's the same old story, ain't there always a man involved? Whole thing reeks of alcohol, or somebody ends up in jail. See, my sister Gina, she always was the pretty one, just like Sweet baby, see. 
Let's talk through your life. First of all, where'd you come from in Arkansas? Well, I grew up quite a bit all around central Arkansas, but spent most of my formative years, as they say, in Conway, Arkansas, which, of course, is is famous for Conway Twitty taking his first name from there. Is Arkansas a state that is parodied in the same way that uh, Kentucky can be parodied? Like we are parodied with Justified, the program Justified. Are you parodied by Ozark, the show? Well, I think that's more Missouri, or at least that's what we're going to go with. Oh, okay. I don't know if you ever watched Designing Women, but the main house on there was from there, and there used to be a little show called Evening Shade that was set in Arkansas. You know, Arkansas, it's kind of a secret state. I feel like they like to kind of keep it on the down low. But Arkansas is a beautiful state. They're so, if you love the outdoors, they've got just about everything. It's gorgeous, lakes and trees and all that kind of good stuff, great for hiking. But it's got a great history, too, of, of gangsters and uh-huh. all kinds of interesting things. And then, of course, presidents and everybody else would come down to sit in the, the bathhouses uh-huh. down there. So it's pretty wild. Head pulled down, eyes on the floor. Every night you come back for more. Order makers all night and chase it with a lucky strike. Well, I can be your whiskey, I can be your cigarette, I can drown that memory that you're trying to forget. If your loving cup needs filled up, she left you bone dry empty. Baby, I can be your whiskey. My love's stronger than ninety proof. Just wait and see. What one kiss can do And if you think It's too good to believe Well, don't worry, baby Cause it's rounds on me And I can be your whiskey I can be your cigarette you're trying to forget if your loving cup needs filled up she left you bone dry empty baby i can be your whiskey baby i can be one more chance you want You're trying to forget If 
You were there through most of your young life? Yeah. yeah. I, I was in Conway till I was in 10th grade, and then I actually went to boarding school in Hot Springs for two years. Okay. Uh, go Dolphins. I went to the Arkansas School for Math and Science, and it was a really cool kind of place where you got to extend your learning apart from the classroom. They huh. kind of let us, well, I'm a nerd. And oh, like you it. are? Yeah. So, so you were in sort of the advanced track? Well, you I guess just, I've always been curious about things. Hmm. What about music in Arkansas when you were growing up? Was there a yeah. fine arts program at this math and science school? It's now school? the math, science, and arts school. Uh. But but I was still lucky enough. It was so cool. We got to do stuff like, so we had a, what we called dolphin stock. And so we got to build a stage and everything and do basically kind of a festival. But for like for my senior year in high school, for my science credit, I took folk music and acoustics. So it was our job to learn folk music and play it. So the boarding school you went to was a science and math yeah. program. Did you have good teachers there? Oh, like, yeah. Great teachers. Really inspiring. And uh, we got to really dig in to some songs and, and get exposed to a lot of different things and be able to play there. Apart from that, I mean, Arkansas has such a rich history with music. You know, Johnny Cash and Glenn Campbell are from there, obviously. Uh, I believe it's Mama Thornton that's from from Arkansas. I might have mm. just lied. But I grew up in a real singer-songwriter community. A lot of of folks that really loved the kind of 60s and 70s rock folk kind of things. I mean, I grew up playing writer's nights, which I don't know if that's a thing that most people do. Um, and so it was really awesome. Uh, Dan Clanton was a big influence on me. He was my one of my science teacher's husbands, and he played and wrote folk music. And so he's actually the person who taught me how to finger pick. Kind of started getting in. I'd get to open for him sometimes in different things at these coffee houses. And it was so cool because I just remember how exciting it was. It was all about the songs and the songwriting. And you'd want to write a song that day and go play it, you know, get it hot and fresh out there. Well, it's a blue ribbon morning after a blank label night. I got kind of out of hand because I was wound up a little too tight. But Jesus still loves me. Even when I do the devil's ways I'm just a honky-tonk angel With a little bit of hell to pay But I'd rather be somebody shot of whiskey Somebody's rough around the edge At least I can sleep well tonight As I stand behind the words I say Can't make everybody happy That's all right by me All the way from A to Z I'd rather be somebody's shot of whiskey Than everybody's cup of tea All my life I've been told I'm cut from a different cloth If I tried to fight it It'd all come out in the wash Oh, if I'm a little left to center 
Did you have teachers in your school, writing classes, English classes, whatnot, who recognized your talent as somebody who was observant and curious and getting inside of characters and that sort of thing? I had some amazing teachers that were just really inspiring. I had one English teacher, Miss Armstrong, and man, the way she could read a book. I love reading, but to me, my favorite part is thinking about the voice in your head that's reading those. And I love to picture uh. Miss Armstrong's voice reading them because it was just... She would just wrap, wrap around those words and that phrasing. Huh. When did you write your first song? Well, I was in fourth grade. I was at the Boys and Girls Club in Conway. I don't know, it's kind of a weird thing, but I was reading an article about Reba McIntyre. And after a show, someone had told her, you sounded just like Loretta Lynn. And she took that as a big compliment. And they said, well, it is a compliment, but also you've got to find out who you are. Who's Reba? What, it, what does your voice sound like? And I thought for some reason to myself, well, if I wrote a song, no one else would have sung it yet, so I'd have to. And then I started torturing my fellow students by bringing it into to school and, <laughs> and playing on music day. Did you at that point in time already have a sense of how to put together a, a melody? Or was that something obviously you developed in, in time? I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I'm not sure that I still do, but I enjoyed oh, it. My, my mom put me in uh, piano lessons when I was five. And so I got to start learning a little bit of the theory and the music. And, you know, I, I wasn't uh, necessarily the best player in the world, but I could um, find enough things, you know, to, to map it out. I call myself a magician more than a musician. <laughs> I used to live in L.A. Right by the freeway. Stayed out all night and drank whiskey like wine and lied about my age. I was working till four at the old troubadour. Pink sunglasses on like a young Elton John. trailer by the bay 
Sometimes I flash back to a sleeping bag and a hatchback. A young 20 something who didn't know nothing except how to live But for a moment, they all knew my name And every day was an endless parade For the queen of Marina Del Rey After your boarding school life did you go to college or did you say at that point I think I know what I want to do I'm going to go to Nashville and do it I did I I went to MTSU right outside of Nashville and that was important to me for you know my parents had put a lot into to me growing up it's really cool actually Arkansas has a program with Tennessee where if they have a program they don't have there it's still in-state tuition oh nice so I got to go over there for in-state really learned a lot of amazing things I had some some great teachers there and uh, actually some great country music historians that, that taught oh, all right. there. Do they have a traditional music program at MTSU? I, they do. I was not a part of that. Uh-huh. I was in recording industry, but in the history department, we were lucky enough to have Dr. McCusker, who's done a lot of great research uh, in the country music field, and Dr. Uh-huh. Charles Wolf, who's one of the preeminent voices in, in country music literary world. I got to meet a lot of other folks that were into what I was into, writing and doing that sort of thing. And I was still close enough to Nashville that, for me, I could drive in and and do the kind of school that I was really excited about, where I'd just go out and listen to all the music. I still think that's one of the greatest things about Nashville is that it is a buffet of the best music you can hear. And I know that Kentucky has a lot of great great music here. Y'all are all about that life, too. Indeed, we do. Do you mind if I sit down? Am I keeping you from closing? Need a double shot of something? Yeah, just leave it open. Me, I'm from here. Oh, but I ain't been back lately. Not since my sister Jane had her baby in the fall. Me and my friends used to come here in the night. Stupid kids with fake IDs, rebels without a cause. Yeah, it's funny, and 
They're still lighting up on Elm Street. Sometimes I miss those old dreams. But here's to what could have been. But I know better than to drag up memories. What's meant to be is meant to be. Like 18 leaving in a beat-up car. Time has a way of making hometowns disappear. Seems like I only show up here for holidays and acts of God. Weddings, funerals, and empty hotel bars. Have you ever had somebody that just burned you up completely? Be glad, believe me, that's why I'm drinking now. Yeah, I saw him standing with our old friends. The girl I maybe could have been if I'd stuck around. But I know better than to drag up memories. What's meant to be is meant to be. Try to tell that to a heart. Time has a way of making hometowns disappear. Seems like I only show up here for holidays and acts of God. Weddings, funerals, and empty hotel bars. Guess I'll call it a night Cause I've got an early morning If you're feeling lonely I'm in room 128 And I could use somebody That ain't his body Yeah, no, I'm probably Just putting off the pain And I know better than to drag up memories. What's meant to be is meant to be. Tomorrow I'll pack up my car. And all those regrets, they'll be in my rearview mirror. And I'll see the bigger picture. But tonight's the hardest part. Weddings, funerals, and empty hotels. We're back with more Red Barn Radio after this break. Red Barn Radio, roots music, southern style. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Red Barn Radio, recorded live from the Arts Place Performance Hall in Lexington, Kentucky. Red Barn Radio, roots music, southern style. So they don't track in mud. Don't stay there long, though. I guess traveling's in my blood. These boots are tapped along as I watch some heroes sing my songs. Every time I put them on, they fit me like a glove. I finally got to wear them standing on that. Stage. 
with you Taylor tell us about you and how you started to play drums well I was lucky my dad was a guitar player who was a drummer as a child who decided to be a guitar player because his best friend was a drummer and so <laughs> there was a drum set at the house and I was just fascinated so he showed me the basic you know four beat groove that you do Billy Jean Michael Jackson type groove and, uh-huh. and that was it man uh-huh. I was just lucky that I had a parent that could tolerate drums in the house that is a must, I would mm-hmm. say, for anybody who's going to learn drums. you got to have a family that's going to be there with you. Understanding and gracious group uh-huh. of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so Nashville, is that a place where you've lived for a that's long time? That's where I'm born and raised, yeah. It was very convenient for me. I'm thankful, you know, to have been born there and didn't have to move away from all of my family like so many people I know did to um, chase their dream. So all respect to everybody that's ever done that, but I'm also thankful not to have to have done that, you know, Indeed. and to be five minutes down the road from my folks still to this day. Are you uh, a person who is employed full-time as a musician? I wouldn't say that. I was, like, early, in my early 20s, you know, I got to play in a cool band and did that and got to travel and go everywhere, and we were called the Vespers. It was a great time. When we sort of got, you know, married and having kids and everything, you know, that's when we kind of slowed down, and now music to me is something that I sort of do on the side, and I have a band in town. We do classic rock covers and stuff. That keeps me busy on the weekends. And yeah. Every once in a while, I get a, a, a chance to play with Erin, and, you know, it's always a great opportunity to play with her because she's such a great songwriter and singer. Well, if there weren't so many songs about the jukebox, I'd sing a new song. come freely if there weren't so many songs that had you caught. And if there weren't so many songs about a bottle, about the million ways I could drink you Oh, but everything's been said about the ways my 
Jake Clayton, you're playing the fiddle over there. You're playing a lot of fiddle tonight. Country music always been sort of your wheelhouse? Not really, just uh, music in particular is something I've always just grew up with. My parents were both lounge singers. They worked for Holiday Inn and stuff like that. So my mom would sing everything from Tanya Tucker to Whitney Houston. So I grew up playing just all kinds of different things and play a lot of different instruments for a lot of different styles of music. But I love country. So tell me about your training on the violin don't have any training on the violin. I watched uh, some Garth Brooks concerts, some Dixie Chicks concerts, and some CMA awards, and watched what they did and went to town. So. How'd you get into string instruments? You didn't just pick up a violin. That wasn't your first string instrument, was it? The violin was my first string instrument after I saw Garth Brooks live in Central Park. I told my folks I want to be like his fiddle player. We had this fiddle in my family. It belonged to my great-great-great-grandpa. It's from 1889, and had it fixed up, and it's been the fiddle I've taken all over the world with me. So. Wow all over the world playing with whom? I've worked for Tanya Tucker for uh-huh. a many, many years, since 2007. I worked for a lady named Sonny Sweeney. Uh, done some stuff with Brandy Carlisle and Brandy Clark, a lot of the same circles that you know Aaron runs in and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's been China, Japan, Norway, Canada, all over those kind of places. Wow. Taking so the fiddle with me. Yeah, man. It's really not that uncommon to find uh, a fiddle that's that old it's just hard to find a fiddle that's any good that's that old huh yeah just making sure that it's playable you know a lot of the stuff they had back then was really really good and then there was a lot of it that wasn't 
So, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's your main axe. Wow, you, you sure do play it well. Thank you. What other instruments do you play? Uh, anything with strings or keys. I'm one of those guys in Nashville that plays like steel guitar, dobros, banjos, mandolins. Oh man, you know, all kinds of different things. Anything that twangs, I like to say. Hey, a great player. I've been high on a mountaintop, felt like I couldn't stop, just kept soaring. And I've been down in that valley where it always seemed cloudy, but I kept on trying. The ups and the downs, the highways and towns. Turns where I kept on finding the wheels kept turning while oh, my wheels were burning right through the ties that were binding the rainbows I've chased and found no part of gold. The that I left you with no one home. You were the one thing I did right back then. Oh, but I do it different. If I could do Writing regimens, some consider writing regimens similar to conditioning regimens where they have to do it as a routine, not just when they feel up to it or else they lose it. Is that sort of your feeling? Uh, I found success both ways. I was really lucky to get to go into writing full time to have that luxury, you know, of, of, of being able to spend all day creating. I guess I feel like, for me, it's such a big part of the writing process is all the other things, filling up the well. So I might write really hard and write 10 songs in a week, but then I might go for a month and just 
read books and walk in the woods and watch movies and listen to people in a coffee shop and take the world in. And a lot of times I'll start with just the first line of a song. And sometimes I like to do what I call snowballing, where I just kind of have some kind of idea or picture or character that I get stuck on. And then I'll just go do all those other things and reading and listening to folks and walking around and just kind of let it snowball a little bit until it's I get enough of it to where I go in then one day and sit down with somebody and just write. And it seems easy at that point, but it's all that other stuff that mm. kind of helps me build up to it. Even when you're filling up the well and doing the coffee house and other means of sort of developing material in your mind and in your heart, yeah. you must still record that. You don't remember all that, right? You. Oh, yeah. You, I, ke I keep little notes and stuff. And now it's easier because I've got an iPhone like everybody. But yeah, right. Um, used to, I'd have like a million little scraps of paper everywhere. And I carried one of those little cassette recorders, you know. I got to spend a long time working full time as a songwriter in Nashville, which was great. And I'd go in and write once or twice a day a lot of times. I was fortunate enough to be around folks like Bob McDill used to always be hanging around my office and you know, just crazy talented folks. Huh. The last several years I've been out playing 120 dates a year or so and sans COVID. <laughs> so that in right. itself kind of leans to having time doing other things and you kind of just grab those little bits of pieces and keep them for, for later. Yeah. There were daisies in a coffee can Sitting by my bed when I woke up Love you written on a note beside my favorite cup. His boots weren't in the kitchen, and his whole hat was missing from the door. Sank down that empty chair, been here so many times before. Ain't it just like a cowboy To see inside your heart Say all those pretty things Start pulling all your strings Till you're tangled in the dark And right Like he's there to save the day But ain't it just like a cowboy To ride away He's probably gone to Tucson Or Abilene or somewhere in Something in those motel rooms They just can't find me Here's a part we're drinking It's easier than thinking About what he's doing tonight He's holding her like he held me Thought I should know better than Ain't it just like a cowboy 
up at MTSU and mm -hmm. you got the song covered then what did that open the door then for you to get a job at a publishing house yeah, and I wrote for Jeff Carlton's company it was called World House of Hits I was the only writer for a while so that was a lot of pressure <laughs> to be an uh, entire World House of Hits <laughs> yeah right but and then I got a deal on RCA Records but I never ended up releasing anything from them so I was working doing that artist thing and I got to go to cool, do cool stuff like record during one of my songwriting sessions, George Jones was recording in the studio next to ours, you know, and I, I learned a whole lot from that experience. Part of it, I think, was finding new ways to fall in love with music again and making sure that you're writing for the folks like you and for the folks that were like you as a teenager growing up or folks out there going through things or wanting a good time or whatever, not just worrying about writing for what some executive on Music Row is going to like, which is good too, but I think sometimes there's a different kind of pressure in Nashville that can make you forget about just how much you love playing music. Yeah, right. I think it's it's one of the easiest and the hardest things to do to be able to just be yourself in writing and artistry and everything else. And I think that's something that I've struggled with and, and not just from the outside world telling you that, but be becoming comfortable enough with yourself to do that too. I was lucky, I've had a lot of great supporters and I got to go in do my first two records with Jim Brown and Jamie Johnson. Mm -hmm. And Jamie, you know, he has definite ideas of who he is as an artist, and I think he might have gone through some of that too. But we went in and we cut the first record, and he said, I just want you to bring in all the songs you love, and I don't care. I don't care. I don't want you to think about radio. I don't want you to think about anything else. I just want you to love it, and I don't care if we cut ten ballads. So if he was feeling it, if he was loving <laughs> it, and if it had that kind of the magic, the gut feel, I think he gave me a lot of confidence to to be able to try to just be like, okay, this is who I am, for better or worse, you know? <laughs> like, um, maybe a little bit rough around the edges. I can be very literal sometimes in, in my writing. I, I get that way. and But sometimes that's what makes you unique. Like, for example, one of the lines in a song that I got a lot of attention over, I wrote a song called Not Enough Tequila with Moose Brown that um, Terry Clark cut. And there's a line in it, a sign hanging saying something in Spanish about let, let the good times roll. I didn't really know any sp Spanish, not that much. And I was like, well, I don't want to try to like be cool and say something because I'm going to sound like a nerd if I'm, you know, trying to speak something beautiful in Spanish. So I could probably fake something in French, but that's a whole other story. But then people were like, oh, that's so cool. You know, I love that you, you just said that because that's so like how you would just say something because you don't know Spanish. And I was like, hmm. Okay, I guess so. Yeah, you're right. That's really smart. That's what I intended to do with that. And the whole time, it was just, I didn't know how to 
say anything in Spanish. Yeah, but you were yourself, right? <laughs> exactly. Right. Like dark whiskey cuts through ice. Like a train whistle cuts right through a delta night. Like a hot Texas wind cuts through a back door screen, baby, you cut through me. Like wild roses take old graveyards back. Like the levees in New Orleans gave when the water came on fast. Dark whiskey cuts through the eyes like a train whistle cuts right through a delta night. Thanks to WBKU, Red Barn Radio's official radio partner. NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. 
Listen online at weku.org. Red Barn Radio is presented with the financial support of LexArts, Lexington, Kentucky's premier cultural development, advocacy, and fundraising organization. LexArts, working for the development of a strong and vibrant arts community as a means of enhancing the quality of life in Central Kentucky. And by Visit Lex, Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. Planning to visit Lexington or just looking for more information? Visit Lex is on the web at visitlex.com. Red Barn Radio's executive producer is Ed Commons, who also directs our show. The Red Barn Radio playout theme, Wookie Foot, was taken from a live performance of the Wooks here on Red Barn Radio. More at wookoutamerica.com. Red Barn Radio, roots music, southern style. The best music from the roots of the South and sharing this music with the world. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Kathy Stamps. There are so many people to thank for our program. First, Erin Enderlin and her band, our guests this evening, and our volunteers and staff who make our production happen so beautifully each week. Thank you all for listening to our webcast, watching us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, and those listening to us on the network of Red Barn Radio stations and media worldwide. Red Barn Radio comes to you from our home, the Arts Place Performance Hall in downtown Lexington, Kentucky. Our website has updates and further information on our guests and our program. We are on the web at redbarnradio.com. And now once again, folks, please welcome back the Aaron Enderlin Band to the Red Barn Stage. Gene Watson sing farewell party. Single barrel, double shot all night. Sitting there talking to a stranger. Cause I don't want to be alone tonight. I should be drinking wine instead of whiskey. I shouldn't be in this bar room, but I am. Tomorrow I wake up feeling guilty, but tonight I don't give a damn. He's just some old highway cowboy. His hands are up. His kisses taste like smoke But it's been so long since he touched me I just mind let him take me home What's a one night stand gonna get me Feeling more alone than I already Tomorrow I wake up feeling empty But tonight I don't give a damn I guess I'm just another heart you broke So why should I care if you don't I should be Drinking wine instead of whiskey I shouldn't be in this
this barroom But I am Tomorrow I'll wake up feeling guilty But tonight I don't give a damn No, tonight I don't give a damn Red Barn Radio is a production of Red Barn Radio, LLC. (laughs) 